I'm walking down the street in a Frum neighborhood amongst Frum people, and here's a kid who let off his mouth like it was a sewer from obviously something that he saw or heard, and certainly not within the context of anything that he might have heard or seen in his own immediate environment, but obviously his brain has been infiltrated by the garbage around us. And that is one of the things which I find so disturbing. And I guess I have to say, causes me and all of us to have to think how we have to protect our environment. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, if you're attached to an electronic device that is going to bring in garbage to your mind and your home, in effect, you basically, as Robert Vigdenov used to say, opening up the valves to the sewer, the sewer system, and instead of letting the sewage go in from those sources which um, have the, the waste material deposited in it and going out into the sewer system, the person has, in effect, reversed the process. They turned on and opened the valve that let the sewer back up into his living room and his bedroom and his kitchen and everything else. I, I, I apologize. It's a pretty crude and grimy description. But sometimes that's what I feel like when I'm immersed in a firm environment and some wise guy comes up and, hey, did you see this? And some total nonsense. What's he doing with it? And why does he have to invade my space? I think he's doing me a chesed by sharing it with me. We have to avoid this stuff at all costs, really. Especially when it comes to Eretz Israel and Yerushalayim, which are the epitome of Tahara and Kedusha, and which have unfortunately been invaded by alien forces. And I'm not talking about ISIS or Arabs. What was that, um, that cartoon character? If you remember this, we know how far back you go. I think it was uh, Pogo. Pogo, that was a great uh, long-lasting cartoon character, very pithy in its insight. I think it was Walt Kelly, who was a cartoonist, and one of the great cartoon, um, one of the great cartoon episodes that he constructed. I think Pogo looks at one of the other characters and says, "I have seen the enemy, and he is us." Uh, as a takeoff from I think the Revolutionary War quote, "I've seen the enemy, and he is ours." I think that's what it was from. But I've seen the enemy, and he's us. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy. So what do we do to protect that? Well, if you look at Parshish B'Shalach, my friends, just as quickly that a person falls from his spiritual level, you can also rise quickly. That's right. Rise again. The self will rise again, and the firm will come again to rise up to who we are as on Israel. We'll carry away, but let me just explain to you what I mean. By the way, Mrs. Silverberg is out there. I want to thank you. I hope you did get your All for the Boss CD. Please let me know if you did and if you enjoyed it. And I hope to be getting the others on the way soon. We better. But Rabbi Zelos Priskin brings down and grow through Torah, which is what we are about here. From the Pusik that says, and it was when Paro sent the people. A Kodesh Baruch did not lead them the Derek Polishti. Which way did he lead us? Not by Derek Polishkin. Because the Kaddish Baruch said, perhaps after the people will regret and will return to Egypt. And I just saw a great board. It's something by uh, Shabbosliding.com. I, I, I'd love to find who they are. 
but they brought down by something by a, by Rabbi A. Lieberman, which said that Hashem built this into the Bria, the um, the desire or the instinct to retreat and get rough. And he said, "Don't worry, Hashem, so you would overcome that and go to the floor of what you have to contend with." Now listen to this: a Kaddish who knew that maybe the people are going to regret what was going on. I want to go back to Egypt! I want to go back to Egypt! I want to go back! Come on, what are you doing? Chef taking it out of his Ryan. It's going to be Givaltic. you be in the midbar stickling. you get the tire. It's going to be great. I want to go back to Egypt! I want to go back to Egypt! Oh, I liked it there. I had to fix the cucumbers and pickles. Yeah, you had to mix them once so bad. They weren't so bad. Please give me a break. Brother Yudo Leib Hoffman commented on this, that it's amazing, talk amazing, how the Yidin could have even considered returning to Mitzrayim. We know how awful it was. Hi. Okay, we're back. Right. Now, we were saying, how could it be, because we viewed a late costume, how could it be such an amazing thing that the Yidden could have even considered returning to Mitzrayim? They suffered so much in their Shebu, in their enslavement. They had seen, we had all seen, witnessed, experienced the Nisim, the miracles, that Hashem did, and the mockers that befell the Egyptians for harming them. We all saw it. It was live, present, recognizable, tangible. We saw it, we felt it, we experienced it. And we know that Hashem helped us in so many ways. We had to know that, and, and we, we were promised Hashem would continue to help us. So let me ask you something. Why would they entertain the thought of going back? Would you have entertained the thought of going back? Well, with 2020 hindsight, no. But why do you think they would have thought of going back? 718-683-5858 right here on JRoot, the station that listens to you. So if you listen to me now, back from Eretz to Israel, and hope to be back there soon, and hope all of us will be back there soon. But I do have to tell you, if you're living in Flappish or Muncie or Lakewood or any place where there are yeshivas and kolalim, and Gamach and uh, Chesed organizations, Tanfei Shabbos, and of course, of course, Yeshivas, the most important thing. Then, in a way, it's like being in there, that's all right, separate scene. But you do, if you're in a basement church, you actually have a dinner, Terrence Sanctus, like the embassy of the country, that represents the country, it's like the country itself. So when you're in a base letters from Mokham Kodesh, it's like you're being in there, it's Israel. However, when we are in Eretz Yisrael in the base Medrash and the Malcolm Kodesh, as I was in many places with Hashem, how, how so can we rise? Now, what is the point? You are going to get to the point, but I want to hear from you at 718-683-5858. Why would anybody entertain the thought of going back? We saw and experienced how much we suffered. Who would want to go back to that? 
we saw and we experienced how Hashem did the Nisim and miracles and saved us and brought the Makas, and now he took us out with a Yad Rama. Why would anybody entertain the thought of going back? 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And, by the way, when you call, make a pledge to Jehu. Let him know that you're out there, you're listening. We care about the program they will bring you. This gentleman works so hard, really, diligently, to bring you great programming, to make you think, to make you act, to make your life better. J Root Radio. I want you to call in now. Call me, tell me you thought about this. And also make a pledge if you don't want to, you don't have to, but uh, I would request that you do. But call in any case. Let's hear from you this afternoon, and then we'll get to uh, Yehuda Lake Hoffman's answer to this. But let's see what you would say. Why would anybody in their right mind or their left mind or their wrong mind, as a matter of fact, why would they entertain the thought of going back to Mitzrayim? So we're going back to Mitzrayim. No, we're not. We're not going. We're not going. We're going there. It's a thrill. 718-683-5858. Out of Mitzrayim. Out of bondage. To receive the Torah Kadosha, to go into Eretz Israel, to all the things that we experience, we just were learning about the mun. Hashem sent us the mun. Tasted like anything you wanted it to taste like. A hot fudge Sunday without the calories if you wanted, followed by a delicious steak or a burger with sauteed onions. I guess you know where my head is at when it comes to food. But hey, that's what you can get, whatever you wanted. So what do you say? Hello there. Where are you? Car 54, where are you? J Root audience, come in. Come in for a landing. This is Barrett P, a.k.a. The Red. 718-683-5858. Green light, straight ahead. Back from the land of Israel. Hope to be back there again very, very soon with all of us. Wherever you are, if you're in the base letters or a Any right, so we're talking now about just as a person to call quickly from... All right, Pesach, we have... Peretz, we have a caller. Okay. Hi, Peretz B, the Rev with you right here on j Rude Radio, station that does listen to you, and we're listening to you right now. How are you? Hello. 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 Hello, hello. How are you? We're with you. Hello. Are you with me? Yes. yes. I'm here, and you're there, so that must mean we're together. Go right ahead. You're on j Root. Are you there? I hope so. That's what they tell me I am, and I Hello. Hope so. about, yes, yeah, you, you? we hear you loud and clear. Okay, I get the answer to the question. That would be a good idea. Are you ready for an answer to the question? I'm ready if you are. Are you ready for an answer to the question? The answer is yes. Have like Hasman? Yes. I heard an answer once that the mentality of people who have gone through 210 years of Avdus slavehood cannot transform in a short while to have enough courage to fight and be a nation. It takes time to overcome that. And that is maybe part of the reason 
by sitting here after the war, people question why there was uprisings against the Germans. Points with there were many more uh, Jews being held by very few Germans. The mentality is such that you cannot do so. It takes time to heal and to grow and to be back to a health individual that you can think that way. I believe that That's is an interesting answer. answer to that question. It's not quite what he says, but what you're saying really is that it required a certain amount of trust in Hashem. It required the ability to be vigilant, and not everybody was ready to do that. That's not a bad answer. It's not. It's not just people. anybody. It's this is how the how how human society, how a person is made. After 210 years going through that kind, you know, generation after generation, of course Hashem can help, but you got to be up to the task. And it just it's not even required of you. Hashem understood it that this is where we are. Nobody could really go through this. He's not expected of you to make that transformation. It takes time. 40 years and this was maybe they were ready. They were about to be ready. It wasn't so easy. It's just one generation. So I, I believe I heard this answer, and it makes a lot of sense. I don't know. Okay. I appreciate the call. Thanks very Thank much. Thank you very much. I'll listen to any other answers. answers. Listen, I'll send you something now. Here's the. Yeah. Oh, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Let's let's see what Rudy Hudalave Hoffman actually did say. And he said that the, the way we could understand it is that when a person realizes that all of us are an admixture of neshama and goof, body and soul. So when you realize that, even when a person is on a very high spiritual level, a person can fall. And for this very reason, that's why we need constant vigilance. Never let your guard down. At one moment, just like I was saying, in Eretz Israel, right? We came out of a tzaddik's house. We are floating on clouds that were just waiting to take us to Shemayim and uh, on our way to the ship. That's how we felt. We came out of this particular tzaddik's house. We felt like we never wanted to leave. We wanted to stay right there, open up a Gemara, sit around a Shabbos table with our family, and just wait for Mashiach to come and get to work on, on the base of Miguel. You feel like. Then you walk outside, you walk outside, and within a couple of blocks, there's something going on that just is Kimat, the diametric opposite of that. Things that are being seen, things that are being said, things that are being heard, that you would you would do anything to avoid. Simultaneously, at the same time, on the same track. The Kaddish and the Tahor, with the Tameh and the Tameh. That's our constant battle. And that's why we walk a very, very tight rope and a thin line. But you know what? You can choose to veer to the other side of the tight rope and keep yourself in a holy environment. And I'm not talking about being for fruit. I'm just talking about the right friends, the right people, the right environment. Don't put yourself in a garbage pail with people that are eating garbage. But this is the whole idea of it. The person could fall right away. But at one moment, a person can be very elevated, and all of a sudden, you're back to your, to your, 
be a top game. But if you panic, and if you're immature, like our good friend Mordecai Weinberger will tell you, if you don't mensch up, and mensch up is for both women and for men, although you might have a great awareness of yourself, you're going to fall. But if you have an awareness of who you are, hey, wait a second, I'm a Ben player. Or you tell yourself if you're a woman, I'm a boss player. I know better than this. I'm not going to fall for this. And if you have that awareness, if you have that awareness and you act on it, then you're going to be okay. But if you just have the awareness, but it's shallow and you don't do anything about it, then that level of spirituality can be lost in a very short time. But this idea of changeability, of being malleable, of being flexible, being able to change and stop on a dime. Now, I'm not talking about being impulsive or obsessive compulsive, right? We can have tremendous hope and confidence, says Rabbi Hudalay. If you could fall quickly, my friend, you could pick yourself up very quickly also. It was a great song, and I hope you're moichel me, and I'm not telling you should go look at it or think about it, but it was in a day kind of like of innocence. And I remember this song... I'm just going to sing a couple of bars here. Don't be offended by it. I'm, just, I'm using a secular song that has a Yiddish account to it. It went like this. Once there was a little old ant. Thought he'd move a rubber tree plant. Everyone knows an ant can't move a rubber tree plant. But he had high hope. High up apple pie in the sky hope. Meaning, yesh tikva, as Benny Friedman says. And he had aspirations. So even that which he thought he couldn't do, and which anybody would look at and say, how is he going to do that? That little pipsqueak. You know what? He had high aspirations. And yes, it's Yatta Nishmaya. Anybody or anyone can achieve great heights. Never despair when you feel you're on a low level. If you are sincerely resolved to climb spiritually, guess what? You and me, and all of us together have the ability to instantaneously put yourself back on the right path, on the path of life. So listen to me. Do not waste time with self-pity. I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. I tried it before I couldn't. Forget about that. If you feel you're not on the level you want to be, realize that you can obtain great heights in any moment if you have a deep resolution to do so. What do you want to do right now that you're not doing? What's holding you back? Give me a call at 718-683-5858. I don't claim to know everything, but you can talk to me about anything. I want you to call and make a pledge to J-Root today. Say, hey, we love the work you're doing. I want to send you something and let you know that we care about J-Root and we think you're doing something important and we want to get behind it. So call 718-683-5858. I'd like to know from you what's holding you back right now from something that you feel like you bungled or you couldn't do or you didn't know how to do, but you want to do it. Let's walk it through. Let's talk it through. Eric B, a.k.a. The Reb, the Reb of the Cause, and causes you. Thanks for joining the solution. Cancel. Got anything. Now, pick up that phone. 718-683-5858. J. Root, rooting for you all the way. Come on, Flappers. Monty, come on. Get behind it. Let's go. Yeah, uh, Rabbi, Pe Rabbi B. Peretz, how are you? It's Nisim. Uh, I just I want to tell you that, uh, first of all, uh, we have uh, some uh, technical problem with the music and, you know, all these kind of viruses and hackers, you know. Baruch Hashem. So I know, I, I know that you have been in Israel. 
Can you tell us some kind of uh, stories, experience? Story? Come on, Robert Peretz. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because it was just extraordinary that we went for a big call and we heard from people over there, like um, Rabbi Schechter. We saw, I think, somebody who you know, uh, you know, of um, Mayor Schechter, you've heard of? Yes, yes. So when you see people like and you see that they're real, and you see that they're capable of giving enormous advice because when somebody sees things with the clarity of terror, they can tell things that other people won't be able to tell you, and they accept the responsibility for it. And that's very, very remarkable. And yeah. then you'll, you'll meet people. There was a young Belva Chassid that we met, and he spoke a combination of English and Hebrew. And he talked about the idea how you have to give your kids a certain guideline of discipline and love, but not to beat them up with, did you learn okay, did you learn more? Did you do something with them that makes them feel great about being a Jew? Did you make them feel good about being themselves? Did you tell your kid that you love him? Did you tell each kid that you're proud of him? When he comes home with a, with a 70 on the you tell him, you should have gotten a hundred. He said, you know, I know you tried, and I'm going to try and help you do even better, but I'm very clear. The idea of encouraging our kids and giving them alternatives to the nonsense that's there. That was one of the things that we saw from uh, Baron, who teaches in an American yeshiva. He said something very similar, that when we're in Eretz Israel, we have a particular responsibility to ourselves. But wherever we are, we have to protect ourselves from the environment, whether it's the bad the internet, whether it's the things that come from a kid or, or a friend. You have to constantly be, 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 be vigilant. One of the things Lisa, that we saw, interestingly enough, we went around and we were talking to people about how they felt about the move of the United States Embassy from Tel Aviv to Yerushalayim. And in the, the people who I met and encountered, even the people that were not religious, they themselves felt a certain tie, a bind Yerushalayim, which was very interesting. And one of the things that people felt that was important was that the world recognized that Yerushalayim is the capital of the Jewish people, whether the United States recognizes it or, or not. And what's interesting is, none of the United States flag, whether that lies over the embassy in Yerushalayim or Tel Aviv, the one thing that will always stand is the base of Migdash. And that is what entitles us to be the Jewish people. The fact that we keep mitzvahs and we keep prayer. But what you see in Eretz Israel is a sense of octus and unity. I think there was something that Diane Dunner said that was fascinating. He said the old war between the firm and the non-firm has pretty much gone by the wayside. You might think it's alive and well, but it's very, very rare to see that. There's a tremendous new respect that's being engendered by people that are making Kiddush Hashem that the, the secular Jew in Aristotle recognizes that what they have is bankrupt. And even if they don't like the guy who they think is the ultra-Orthodox person who looks like somebody they don't want to be like, the majority is starting to feel that the firm has something that they don't have. It's called Torah and Mitzvah. It's called Chesed. It's called being kind and speaking gently. We're not talking about the, the lunatics that will sit down in front of a bus for some ridiculous reason, or start burning tires, 
or, uh, or garbage, and they shine. That's the lunatic fringe. What most people are seeing is that is a healthy and worthy of emulating attitude that is prevalent amongst from communities. So what I saw for the short time that I was in Eretz Israel was a, a group, wherever I went, of people that were uplifted and wanted to be uplifted. And even though they're imitating America in so many different ways, it's only an expression of the, the hunger that they have for Rukhmi. I can tell you, Nisa, my, one of the things that I, I thoroughly enjoyed was going to the Zifrin Moshe Shul, which has minyanim from even before Nate, the uh, Alos minion, and then they have a Vasikin minion, and then minyanim after that. So I sat with Rabbi Fisher and learned Mishnayis every morning. Now, here I am coming in from America, and I guess, you know, there's no question about it. I do kind of look like, you know, who I am as an American Jew or a Jewish American. There was absolutely no um, looking askance at who I was. I came in, the Gabbai remembered me from two years ago. He remembered that I was a lady. And when one of the days of Kriya he called me up, um, just, you know, seeing that I was somebody new in the show, and he remembered that I was a lady. I was so taken by that. And then there you had guys in Kippasuga, you had Katsidisha guys, you had Lizisha guys, and it was just like the beauty of the octaves. And I'm not talking about some emotional, fuzzy, feely type of way. I mean the genuine Ernstkeit, the sincerity with which we were met. You could feel the boundaries just slipping away, and then it didn't matter anything other than we were all Jews together, davening in different motions. Okay. And that was great. Oh, beautiful. One of the things I enjoyed, Nissan, was going to the coastal when it was raining. And you feel a certain purity in the air. Uh, I guess having an umbrella kind of helped to keep the raindrops. Off. But even going with, with the pouring rain, and you watch as the raindrops beat against the pavement by the crisis, and people are there pouring out their heart, and the raindrops are being mixed with tears. You couldn't help but be moved by it. You can't help but be moved by the Kedusha and the beauty of the children of Eretz Israel. Oh, you can't help but be moved, as you and I both know. When you see a kid in Eretz Israel comes from a firm there is a certain purity that you just don't see anywhere else. I guess you'll see it in Obeysen. I guess you'll see it in Flappers from kids that are coming out of Cheder. But we all know that Shalmi kids that are clothed and cloaked in Kedusha as I saw one, more than one family wrapping their little child in a talus, bringing him off the cheder, running through the busy streets of Meisharim, uh, it would move you to tears. And then there was a Friday night tish that they went to by the Diana Rebbe. And this I've never seen before. I did see it once before two years ago, and it's what drew me back there again now. You walk in, there are who knows how many Talmidim and Chassidim all on the, on the bleachers surrounding the Rebbe. Nobody looked and said, uh, you don't belong here. Nobody even looked like that. You know what they did? They put their arm around us and pulled us in, schlepped us in to the benches where they were around the table. And then the Rebbe did something which I remembered from two years ago and which makes me how great we are, how great a Rebbe can be and how great a Talmudim can be and those who see him and this could go for any Rebbe, but in particular, this was the Diana Rebbe. Um, it was extraordinary. He looks at every single person in the room 
and gives them a lakayim. Like he'll put his right hand up as far like a salute, and he'll look at you. And you feel that he's looking personally into you and at you and greeting you personally with a good Shabbos and a lakayim. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it, but it was worth going just to experience that. All right. And we have a caller in the line. Let's see her, okay? He's waiting quite a long time, okay? All right. Hi, Perez G with you here on J-Root. How are you? Hello? Yep. You're you're live with us on J-Root. I'm on the air. Can you hear me? We can. Can you hear me? A little bit louder. Loud okay. and clear. Yes, we hear you. Great. I just want to say one thing. I couldn't give a hoot what the world thinks. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to have Yerushalayim, the whole world can be against us. And if Hashem doesn't want us to have Yerushalayim, if we don't keep it holy, you mentioned about the holy kids, beautiful. If you don't keep Yerushalayim holy, the whole world can say it's ours and we still don't have it. I'd rather have Hashem on my side and the whole world against me than have the whole world with me, Hashem against me. It makes no difference what the world says. It makes what a difference is what we do. If we keep Yerushalayim holy, it's going to be ours. And if, we, and if not, I can't, I don't want to say it's just what do I tell the Lord says? Hello? Yes, we hear you loud and clear. And I think this is the our our obligation to listen to Gadosh Baruch Hu and not uh, to other people. And you know, it's we said Olam Sheker, the same word that uh, other people said few years ago, uh, the same word that uh, President Trump said today, and everybody attacking him. So. This is doesn't matter what you say, whatever it does, people, uh, you know, we have to do our obligation to be exactly. with a Kadosh Baruch. If we keep Shemayim holy, it doesn't matter what the world says. It's a quite an obligation. Thank people think that they're entitled to rights. I have a right to do this. When you live in Eretz Israel, you have a further obligation to elevate yourself. And that's why it's important that we Hello? take that Thank with us. So much. Not Thank only you. in our Israel, but whether you're in or Mill Basin or Borough Park or Muncie or anywhere. There's an obligation that we have. If you feel motivated or elevated, especially let's say if you listen to something, let's say here on JRU, right? And you feel something motivated you, something that somebody said touched you, well, then you should take a positive action. And the way you see that is right in the partial where it says, Zekhevi van Zehu. And it says, Shimu Amin Yirguzum. Nations heard and they trembled. What's the connection? This is my God and I will glorify him. And nations heard and they trembled. So, Chazal tell us that even the maidservants witnessed at the Yamsuf some mystical vision that was greater than that which was witnessed by Yechesko and Novi. So, Kaim Shmulevich said on this, and this is a very powerful thing to think about, which is, a person can experience the greatest miracle and the greatest spiritual experience, but if the person doesn't act on it, they're not going to do anything. Maidservants remain maidservants. The shifka remained the shifka. Even though she saw what the Echesko and Novi didn't see. Rokhaim Shulevit says that when you look at this, we read that nations, the Goyim, trembled when they heard about the splitting of the Yamsu and the drowning of the Mitzrayim. But what happened to them? What did they do about it? They just had this special fluffy feeling for a few moments, 
and then it didn't lead to any major changes in their life. It's very nice that i got to take a nap right now. But that's the whole purpose of learning, especially Musa or anything else, that you take to heart. It has to become a part of you in a way that our, our behavior improves. I mean, ask Mordecai Weinberg, he'll tell you. He can give you all the advice in the world, but if you don't act on it, it doesn't mean anything. A person could have this great awakening. Oh, that's the most amazing thing I ever heard. Why didn't I think of that? I have to do something. But if you just slough out on yourself, it's not going to last. Now, think about this. How many events in our lives shake us up? And we think, I'm never going to be the same. But after a very short time, it's back to the old stuff. When you do feel elevated and you do feel inspired, act on it. Make certain to make a positive change. And in fact, the Cosmic used to say the way he reached his level was that when you realize that Hashem is giving you an opportunity, you're going to act with great speed. Any attempt to attain a, an elevated level, though, in other than thinking about it, you're going, to, you're going to fall. But if you do it with the details, that are specified by halacha. Don't try to make shortcuts. Don't tell me the stuff about they got a heter for ladies to be rabbis because if it's going to bring more people to Yiddishkeit. Baloney. You have to live by halacha. And when you're elevated, you have to act on it. I remember a friend of mine driving in on 9-11, and we were stopped by the Verrazano Bridge, and we could smoke coming up with Shem Yerachim from the Twin Towers. And we all went back that day, moved and resolved to do something. I'm sure each one of us did. But one thing I know for certain is that this friend of mine, the very next day, called up his family and said, despite the fact that he's a major part of the family business, he's willing to waive a good part of his salary so that he will only come in in the morning and then come back to Lakewood for the afternoon service. The family wholeheartedly agreed. And he made up his mind to do that because he felt, after listening to somebody, Rebdel Schistel in, uh, in BMG in Lakewood, speak about turning a feeling of motivation into action, just like we see here by the Yamsu. He made up his mind that he was going to do the afternoon Seder and relinquish whatever his part of the business was. Now, how long ago was that? That was 9-11, right? How many years ago was that? Since that day, every single working day, he's off at 8 o'clock in the morning, a stender in his van while somebody drives. He learns going in. He learns coming back. He leaves promptly in the early afternoon, comes back to Lakewood, and learns straight through. That is a commitment based on a feeling of being elevated and acting on the elevation. All right, 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858 Why don't you call Now's a good time to make a pledge To J-Root Whatever the amount Just to let us know that you're behind us And I will get those CDs out to you as soon as they're printed And uh, The next 10 people call in and make a pledge I will get you a free copy of At least one of the CDs on all through the board you got to call now 718-683-5858 Make, a, make a, a token pledge or anything to J-Root 718-683-5858 The patient that does listen to you Parents B, a.k.a. the Reb The Reb with the cause I don't claim to know everything But you can talk to me about anything Alright, okay. Clark 54, where are you? Come on, Flatbush, get on board 
718-683-5858. You've got to sweeten your outlook on life a little bit. Kotzka Rebbe explains, Yavo, Mirsa, Velo they couldn't drink the water at Mara because they were bitter. Now, here's a Kiddush you may or may not have thought about. Kotzka Rebbe says, the bitterness refers to the people themselves. When somebody is bitter themselves, then everything tastes bitter. You can give them something sweet, but it'll still taste bitter. You ever notice how that translates into so many things in our lives? If a person feels bitter, then nothing in life appears positive. Ah, this is crummy, that's crummy, I don't like this, I don't like that. Any Anybody looking for faults and defects, you'll always find them. Yeah, you know what I don't like right. about that? Yeah, you know what's wrong with her? You know what's wrong with him? Rabbi. Bitter person. Yes. We have a caller. Me who's there, who? Hi, how are you? Parents, Baruch, and Rapsid, your lady, here on j How are you? Baruch Hashem. This is Esther Silver calling. Hello, Esther Silver. Did you get the TV? Yes, I did. That's a phone. Thank you very much. Now, I have to get an MTR radio to listen to it. But I will get it shortly. Yeah, I, I, will, I could expect another CD. Blee Netter. But you have, to, Blee Netter. Um, you have to resend your address to me. And also, also, you need to get either an MP3 player or a CD player. That'll take care of it for you. Yeah, I need to get right. the, now, the book now, also, the course also right? I need to get that book, too. I'll have yeah. to now, get it Eichler's. Are you related to Eichler, bookstore, Jadeka? Not yet. There are 150 years you show me, and after this trip to Yerushalayim, I'm hoping to be the first. <laughs> yes, I, I, I am very inspired by the uh, program today. I, I believe very strongly each each person. I believe on my with myself how I can improve myself that Hashem is proud of me, and how it can help somebody else. And That's I terrific. do relate it to other people when they criticize anybody. I say, let's see how we can help them. And we have to work on ourselves first. Well, let me ask you this. That's a great way to look at things. Do you, have you seen in your life where if somebody themselves is, if a this and a person, everything around them will be bitter, but if a person sweetens their outlook and a person's a nice person, then everything looks kind of better. Did you ever notice Definitely. that anybody looking for faults will find Definitely. faults? Definitely. Definitely. People who are not in a good mood and always angry are doing something wrong in their life. And maybe they have find it difficult to change themselves. But they let out their anger at others. And people are doing everything right, according to Hashem, Torah, and menstrual sites. They're happy people. They're happy with themselves. So now, you and I did not, you and I did, did, we did not discuss this before, right? And we didn't have a previous no. conversation about this. So listen no. to the Hushkaka process in this. Rabbi Pliskin brings down that the meaning of peace is the opposite of resentment and anger. Because just like you said, a person becomes angry easily when they're not satisfied with their life. They're bitter and they don't have satisfaction. So then whatever happens, if it's not the way they want, so they tend to become angry. And then what do they True. do, Esther? They arouse True, fear they, in other people. They, they, they but, have weakness uh, in Yatsuhara, and they may find it difficult to change. That's right. But a person who's a Ben or a Bas 
that person is full of happiness, satisfaction, pleasure, and joy. The gishmak a person has out of doing a mitzvah, learning Torah, that gives them the greatest pleasure in the world, greater than any wealth, greater than any amount of money in the world. And that is the key and the truism we experience. And of course, the person that the blessed full people. of pleasure and seepuk and satisfaction from their Yiddishkeit, they don't become frustrated over mundane matters. It doesn't bother them. Everything else is just totally inconsequential. And you know what? That is marvelous shalom in the world. That increases peace in the world. You can look that up in a paper called Bnei Rabbeinu Yecheskel, and uh, that's from Rabbi Yecheskel of Bromsky. This is an amazing statement about the way that Talmudic Chachamim and people that are always are increased peace in the world. Very, very All right. true. And Thank also, you very much, Mr. Silverberg. Looking forward to hearing from yeah. you. Get us your address again. I can send you out the second CD. Yes, I'll give you my address. I just say Shalom. That's another thing I believe very strongly that people shouldn't keep grudges, they should be forgiving, because we, not everybody's safe works the same. Be forgiving, and, and, and keep shalom in mishpacha Amen. and family. Amen. And this is what I've, I saw by my parents. My father was a rebbe, my mother a rebbe, and okay. this is what I saw by them, I guess, but I learned. Yes, my name is Esther Silverberg. Well, you're going to give that Thank to me? Oh, oh, okay. oh, Mr. Silverberg. Send that to me on my, um, call me on my listen line, 848 Holding and uh, missing our Hello, you're on there. And really the driving force behind J-Root. We'll just leave you with another thought. Hello. Yeah, can you lower the volume in the background, please? Hello. Hello, hello. Uh, Mr. Silberg, you need to lower the volume in the background. Hello. And Nissen will take your... Um, hello, yes, you on the air. Rabbi Pesach is Pesach. Uh, per- okay. Hi. How are you? What's going on? And Hi. I just wanted to tell you I appreciate the radio show. We don't have this in out of town and this in states. No one really appreciates this. Well, where are you? Hi, where are you from? All right. I am okay, from Wisconsin. So, yes, well, I'm listening to you loud and clear. So, uh, what's going on? Yes. Hello? Yep, we got past the hello. I have hello, trouble hello. hearing you. Do you mind speaking up? Yeah, we hear you. Sure. What's on your mind? Hello? Hello. Yes. I don't know. You call. You call back, uh, and uh, because I don't know, we hear you loud and clear. I don't know. You hear us? Hello. Hello. Okay. Hi. Okay. Okay. So I just want. I want to tell you why this is a great lesson in Sivlanus, in patience. And if you increase your patience, you'll decrease your worry. How do I know that? Rabbi Pliskin brings down a beautiful voice. They came to Avon and there were twelve springs of water. 
70 palm trees and they can't flood the water. Now listen to this. This is going to knock you right into the next hemisphere of awareness. The Bnei Yisrael came to Alien from Mara. At Mara, they weren't able to drink the water. Why? Because it was bitter. But right after they left Mara, they reached Alien, where they had plenty of water. And for this reason, they were in Mara for only one day, while they stayed in Alien 20 days, brings out of Ezra, right? The sweet water outweighed the, the bitter water by 20 days. So the Chopas Kayan says that regular people, mortals, we have a very limited vision, very limited perspective. <clears throat> and because of our limitations, you know, some people are just full of complaints. They whine, they fret about things. That's eh, not the way I want it. It's not like this. <laughs> Stop being a whiner. If the Yidden would have been aware that they would soon have water in Aylin, you think they would have griped? Stop griping already. It's going to be good, there's the Shem. They just had to be a little bit more patient to have learned it. I have uh, a friend of mine I know, is, is the model of his business is patience always wins. be nice if some doctors had that thought. <laughs> Patient always wins, yeah. The source of people's complaints in this world for the COVID science is that they're not able to see what's going to be in a short time. Hold on. Hold on. Many things that people complain or worry about, they often, if not always, turn out much better than they imagined. The best antidote for worrying about the future is just look what a Kaddish Baruch has done for us in the past. And when you're aware of all the things that you're worried about, they just went away. They disappeared. I can think of people that I know, like years ago, they would tell me they never knew how this problem was going to be solved. This family member was doing this. This money situation was causing that. I speak to them today. Ah, yeah. It's like it never happened. When you're aware of how often these things happen, just wait and see. Don't make yourself suffer needlessly by assuming you're going to suffer in the future. Because when you worry about it, you're just making it worse. You can do something to improve the situation. You can daven, increase your moon and do an act of chesed, take a deep breath, eat a piece of chocolate. <laughs> I mean, if it doesn't, you know, it's not against your diet. I mean, I broke my diet today. I'm telling you, on one hand, I felt kind of guilty about it. But boy, that banana cream cake that can woo just once in a while, you know, I'm not doing it all the time, but I'm telling you, I feel a lot better. I you know, I hope my arteries feel the same way, but I can only tell you it just gave me a lift. But come on, there's plenty of kosher food around. And if it's not, I'll go. Okay. All right, but, get it. All right, we have yes. a, we have the caller again. Hello, let's try again. Hello. Let's try again. Uh, he disconnected. Disconnect himself. Okay, I'm sorry, disconnect himself. Something wrong. Okay, anyway. Uh, no, anyway, was, so Nisan, uh, let me just leave you with this thought. Yes, we have an Eretz Yisrael, the yes. greatest place in the world to be. We all have an obligation, like you said, to elevate ourselves so that when we do go there, we go with the right attitude. And, you know, a, falafel, a good falafel you can get anywhere. You don't have to go to Eretz Yisrael for that. Hmm. But to understand why we, why we have the obligation and the privilege of going to Eretz Yisrael and to know that the air there makes us wise we have to use that wisdom, whether we're in Flatbush or Mill Basin or Borough Park, we're Yidden. Eretz Yisrael belongs to us no matter where the U.S. flies its flag, over Tel Aviv or Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim is our capital, belongs to us, as long as we remember that we belong to it. Just like more than we keep Shabbos, Shabbos keeps us, so too. The more we recognize our obligation to live as Jews, 
Marasha Kilos Yaakov. Torah Kivalanu Marasha Kilos Yaakov. It's an inheritance. But you have to claim that inheritance. So get rid of worry. Be more patient. Develop greater trust in the Kaddish Baruch Hu, And then, and then, we'll be one step closer to the rebuilding of the base of Migdash, where the flag of Mashiach will fly as our embassy. And we're together. We will march for bringing Mashiach and rebuilding of the Amen. base of Migdash. Amen. This Thank is Paris Barth and Rafsivia Lady. Thank Don't you. Don't forget to make your pledge to J-Root. Green light straight ahead. Good night, New York. Good. And, uh, and all the best, the Rabbi Ruth Pesach. Lyon. I, we have to, in the words of Hillel, the we have to close. Now go and learn. Okay, thank Thanks, you. Nathan. Thank you and good night. I'll see you. Thank you. Uh, good enough. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.